You are listening to the Mead Musings Podcast, the platform we talk about disabilities, critical illnesses and mental health. This podcast is hosted by a resilient critical illness survivor. Sit back and listen to truly inspiring men and women share their journey, struggles, pains, and strategies for excelling in life despite debilitating circumstances. Today, my guest is Modita Van Zumerang. She's talking about a really problematic issue, which is eating disorder. Statistics available says that 40% of young women experience eating disorders in their lifetime. And the prevalence of anorexia is estimated to be about 0.3% to 4% in women and about 0.1% to 0.3% in men. So today, Modita, who is my guest, has experienced eating disorder. She's had anorexia and she's also experienced the bulimia. So she will be sharing her experience with these issues and sharing some tips on how to go about it. So welcome to the Mid Musings podcast. And this podcast is just about sharing everyday issues that affect everyday people and the effect it has on mental health and on physical health as well. So welcome today, Modita. Thank you very much, Toyin. Yeah, thank for your you. Your invitation. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. welcome. So, can you please share a bit about you, Modita? Modita is not my name. I was born with. So, I was born with the name uh, Marai, Marijke, which is derived from Maria. All right. And uh, my my Modita is my uh, Osho Sanya's name. So, I am uh, like a disciple from the spiritual master Osho. Okay. And yeah, from him I got this name. Oh, all right. So mm-hmm. that's very interesting. So thank you for sharing that. Well, so as I said earlier, eating disorder is one of those issues that affect young women and it's affecting men more these days. So what's your experience with it? I had anorexia from my 16th until 22nd year. And after that, I had uh, two years bulimia. After I overcame my eating disorders, I got uh, several depressions in my life. As I see it, that uh, my eating disorder were in fact the first depression I had in my life. So I see the much similarity between eating disorders and depression because what is underneath uh, has many similarities. Yeah. Oh yeah, one of the leading causes of Depression is actually eating disorders because a lot of people under pressure to look a certain way. They want to fit in into the society and especially men and women in the sporting industry and also women whose profession is in the modeling and fashion industry. So it's noted that depression affects them because they have body shame issues. So they are thinking, okay, I don't really look the way I want to look. And sometimes actually the modeling agencies tell the models that they don't fit the look they they need. 
So how do you feel about this? Yeah, I know that this is the case that in the modeling industry, uh, young girls are forced to be very thin as this is a kind of ideal of the society to be thin. But I have just finished a book about eating disorders in Dutch. Uh, it's called uh, Hunger for Fulfillment. There I also describe how this slimness ideal started existing in the world. But as I see it, uh, the main problem of eating disorder is that it's actually identity crisis. So the eating problem uh, starts happening around uh, maybe uh, with anorexia, it can already be 10 years of age or in puberty. And but the actually the, the, the eating disorders developed already from a very young age, almost like from being a baby, because the child could emotionally not express himself. Because the, mostly you see that the parents could not deal with emotions like anger or sadness. So the child immediately feels it and starts suppressing those emotions. And then it starts being, it starts depressing its desires and emotions. So it cannot build an identity in this way. It starts looking around which behavior is wanted by the adults. And then it starts looking how the adults are behaving and they, they try to behave in that way, but they lose the whole connection with themselves. And then when the puberty comes in, they have to live according to an own identity. They have to form their, their identity among the peer group. And they don't have any identity because they could not trust their emotions anymore and their longings and their needs. So then they are at a loss. They what to do. And then mostly you see they start building a fake identity by performing, like by studying a lot or by becoming a model and performing in that way, or by doing a lot of sports. So th that's a kind of pseudo-identity pseudo they build then. But they feel that in the on the bottom, they don't have any ground to stand on. And that's also why it's so difficult to, to drop the performance, because there is nothing yet instead. Yeah, this is how I see it. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, uh, I know that uh, the identity crisis starts about the age of 15 to about mm. 17. And young adults, when, when young children are going into that young adulthood, they start thinking, okay, um, I need to look physically fit. Like for men, they go to the gym every day. They just want to burn the fat. And I mean, I mean, what happened to keeping on some weight? What happened to that? Why, why is it so wrong to have a bit of weight? I, I'm not saying that ob uh, obesity is right, but I mean, just have the weight and uh, the body mass index that is fitted with your weight and proportionality, you know, so that mm -hmm. everything, your weight, your height, fits into that body 
mass index that you belong into. I don't agree with this tight schedule of body mass index because everybody has his own, his or her own set point for the weight, which is natural, which is healthy. And for some people of the same length and the same proportion, this weight can differ, can, can be different. And what I see is that when people who have a natural set point, for example, for 60 kilo, when they try to become 55 kilo, they have to struggle their whole life with diets and everything to reach that weight because it's not natural for their body. So in that sense, I feel it is much more important that each per every person is connecting with the body inside what feels right for me and to connect again with when I'm I really hungry for food or am I hungry for something else, like emotionally hungry for something. Because eating disorder is, I think it's both an identity crisis, but it's also a longing for a passion in life. If yeah. you cannot find the passion then you feel so hollow inside that you start stuffing it with food or you start refusing food. Actually, it's two sides of the same coin. So um, in your own case, how did your bulimia start? Or, or was it the anorexia that actually came first or the bulimia? Yeah, the anorexia came first. Okay. Actually, so how did it start? It started actually, it, what the trigger was a very small thing that somebody in the gym, when we were changing clothes for the gym, said something about my growing belly. I he said, you, you really get uh, some tummy, you know? So then I felt, oh my God, now it is uh, visible that my body proportion is changing. And then um, I asked my mother how she could remain so slim. And then she said, I just, she, she looked worried when I asked that question, actually, because she suspected already something, I think. But then she said, I just don't eat a dessert after, after dinner. So I started uh, dropping the desserts and then I lost weight so easily. And then I thought, this is something I am good at. And when I look now, I, I can see that that time I had no any identity. So it was something which gave me some identity that I looked uh, slimmer. And then I, I thought, okay, I can lose more weight because it's very easy. And then I started dropping more food. And then finally, I could not stop anymore with, then something started changing in my mind also. I started calculating calories and I was afraid to gain weight again. And actually, I wanted to become more slim than I had intended because I thought then maybe in the future there will come a time that I can eat anything, just anything, like a paradise. So I was working on that paradise, creating a space where one day I can really eat. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So how mm. long did this go on for with you? Yeah, so I never came less than uh, 40 kilo because I thought then I will die. So uh, this was the borderline for me. But 
I had already six years anorexia and then maybe I would still have had it if my youngest sister had not got anorexia. So she also got anorexia and she, within half a year, she was in losing weight much better than me because she is one head higher taller than me. And after half a year, she was only 27 kilo. So it was like almost dying uh, from uh, not eating. And I felt both angry because she conquered me. And at the same time, I felt guilty because I was her eldest sister and I thought I have given the wrong example. And then I was just in panic uh, and in chaos. So I started suddenly eating like mad. I was just within... One month, I gained eight kilo, like so much I was eating. And yeah, then I, I, that was for the first time I started to look for help because I thought if I go on like this, I will become 110 kilo in one year like this. Oh, thank you so much. So Mm. from just one comment, you started thinking, wow. Uh, my body doesn't really look right. And then you went anorexic. And then because your sister was doing better than you, you felt Mm. guilty? I felt guilty because I thought if I had not got anorexia, maybe she also would not have got it. And she told me later that it had nothing to do with me that she got anorexia because when she saw me all these six years, she thought it was a strange kind of behavior and she thought that I would never do something like that. But her background was the same like me. So we both had a mother who has been as a child in the Japanese concentration camp. My mother is born in Indonesia. And so who was emotionally traumatized, actually. And so she could not express her feelings, my mother, because if she would open up her feelings, all the trauma would come back from the war. So that's why we didn't learn how to deal with our feelings. And we both felt that our mother carries so much pain inside that who are we to express our emotions? And also when we said as a child that we were hungry, my mother said, you don't know what means hunger because for four years in the concentration camp, she had no food at all. So, and then I thought, okay, I don't know my own body sensation. So I maybe I also don't know what is pain. So then I started disconnecting from my own feelings in that way. Oh. And that's why a small remark about my belly, it created so much chaos in me because I had no feeling anyhow of myself, who I am and how I feel, yeah. We will take a quick break. And when we get back, we will continue to the next part of this recording. Don't go away. Please stay tuned. This is going to be awesome. Have you heard of the Newsly Hub? For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire world becomes listenable thanks to the Newsly app. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural 
human voice. Newsly allows you to browse topics that you choose. You can follow topics as specific as you like from sports, science, Bitcoin, or even the Kardashians or whatever interests you. Newsly app will find you the latest articles and read them out to you loud and clear in human like voice. Newsly has podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries and your favorite podcast, the Mid Musings podcast, is there also. So stop scrolling, start listening right now. Download and use Newsly for free from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code the mid muses that I would also put in the description and you would receive a one month free premium subscription. What are you waiting for? Go! Download Newsly now. Oh, so sorry to hear that your mom actually had that issue where she was uh, detained in a concentration camp. I know that people who have that kind of experience, they, they tend to bottle up their emotions and their feelings. And, on, and it's only recently that people started developing the habit of talking about issues about things and this is one of the reasons that i wanted to start this podcast so that we raise awareness about all these things that actually affect others you know you get so judgmental about people but you don't know what they're going through you don't know that just one simple comment like oh your tummy is big Oh, yo, you don't even know what hunger is. Could mm. trigger things like that inside of another person. It could trigger suicidal feelings. It could trigger even you getting anorexic. And then it pushed you from being anorexic to the extreme, the other end, which is bulimia, which is just like compulsive eating. Mm. So it's a shame that sometimes we don't really understand what's our words mean for others so we have to be kinder we have to be able to understand where people are coming from before we open our mouth to judge them so that's uh, really important so let's just go on to talk about your book which what what is it about and is it just about eating disorders or what, what was the motivation behind writing the book? Yeah, the motivation was that I was so happy that I am feeling so happy in my life now and that I feel how big is the struggle of the people who are struggling with the eating problem uh, because eating is something you have to deal with every day. You know, it's not like with uh, cigarettes that you can decide not to buy cigarettes because you have to eat every day. So, and so you have to deal with food every day. And then I first wrote a book about uh, depression that's also available in English. 
It's called Depression, a Stepping Stone Towards Bliss, How to Come Out of Depression with Consciousness. And then after that book, I felt I was ready to write a book about how to come out of eating disorders and also about what is the background of eating disorders. Because you want to understand why you have this eating disorder. Because it's not about eating at all. It's about what is behind. So first, for half a year, I was continuously reading a very, very big pile of books, the, the best books written, for example, by a psychiatrist, Hilde Broeg. So I studied a lot, all the backgrounds and what is a psychological reason. And then I started ordering all those fragments I had made and putting them in the right order. And I illustrated the book with my autobiographic elements, so from my own life. And then the second part of the book is about uh, what helps. So what helps to really come out of the eating disorders? Oh, thank you so much. Could you please share some of the things that helped you to get out of your eating disorders? Yeah, yeah, one very important thing was that I uh, started uh, connecting with my body, feeling my body. And in the eating disorders, I was just looking to my body from the outside. Which shape does it have? And there is too much fat and there is something, shape which I don't like. But I never felt it from within. It was too threatening also. And also... The body is connected with the emotions also in our body. Also, emotions are held and, and suppressed, which we have not expressed. So what you don't express, you are storing inside every cell of the body. And I think that everybody who has an eating disorder is very afraid of those emotions because you feel already that the their emotions are like a volcano suppressed inside the body. And once you open up, maybe it might overwhelm you. So that's the fear. And so actually, during my anorexia, I never asked for help because I was afraid they're going to tell me I have to eat. And bulimia, I started asking for help. And most I did during my depressions, which came later. I... I started, first I got many therapies with only talking. And talking can help to build trust and to get some understanding from the head. But actually what helped me most is like emotional therapy or when psychomotor therapy. When people ask me, what you feel in your shoulder? For example, eh, they ask me a very painful shoulder. I said, I am holding my arm. And they said, what your arm wants to do? Then I say, my arm wants to beat someone. So then I had to was asked to take a tennis racket and to sit before a mattress and beat with the tennis racket on the mattress and express with my voice my anger to the people I was angry with. All right. So, and when I did this, I started feeling I am somebody from inside. I felt this anger is mine and this expression is also mine. So I started feeling a kind of inner self. So this helped a lot. 
And also what helped me a lot was um, meditation and not the meditations where I just immediately sit with my closed eyes and try to look inside. Because if you have suppressed so many emotions, you cannot do that. Because if you want to look inside, you start feeling all the shit that is there and you immediately go outside anymore, shopping or looking television or whatever. So I, what helped me really was the, from Osho, the Osho dynamic meditation, where you first breathe 10 minutes chaotically and then you feel, you follow your body just screaming and kicking and crying. And then you start jumping and shouting the mantra, who? So you come in your strength. <laughs> then comes the silence and then dance. So then you transform the shit into dance and silence. So this also helped me. Yeah. Thank you so much. So those those are really great therapies. The expression, like uh, taking out the anger on the mattress uh, with the tennis wrap and uh, the dancing from screaming and physical activity and doing all sorts of things to actually dancing. I mean, dancing is such a good thing to do. Because I yeah. know that it's so nice when you when you actually dance, it, you're losing up all the muscles in your body and it takes all the tension away as well. So mm-hmm. it's great that um, that is one of the <laughs> therapies and it's such an easy thing to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. And also what has been very important in my life is, uh, I don't know if you have heard about it, it's a family constellations. And this is a kind of therapy or way of working where you start seeing which entanglements you have with your family system. So often when you have an eating problem, it's actually not your own problem, but you are carrying something for a family member. And that can even be many generations back. So I told you about the concentration camp of my mother, but I think we all have in our history ancestors who have been in the war and who have suffered from uh, not having any food, for example. And then out of love of that family member, you can start behaving in the same way, either also refusing food or stuffing yourself with food because deep down there is an anger and a fear for starving from hunger so these things can also be very important wow that's so that's so interesting to know because yeah there's so much going on about genetic and how our dna affects us that we don't know that we're not aware of consciously we do things and we don't know why, how, yeah, your mannerisms, for instance, sometimes you don't know that somebody in your ancestry had the same manners. They had the same mm-hmm. look. They said, I mean, you could, I mean, you could meet somebody on the street and you think, oh yeah, that person reminds me of something. And you don't know that it's connected to people down your generation so yeah amazing i know yeah so it's, uh, that's such an interesting thing that you touched on right now 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And also I, I write a chapter in my book about many people, like one out of six or eight pregnancies is a pregnancy of twins or triplets. Like in Belgium, they make an echo, echography after six weeks pregnancy already. And then they see that in one out of six or eight pregnancies, there were more people in the womb that only the child, the mothers, knows about. So that means that many of us have lost a twin sister or a twin brother in the womb. And this is, has a very big influence on your life. Like It's like you, for example, you never... You, you are always longing for something and you don't know what it is or you want to move to, to over the world to feel where is your home or you you are always missing something or you cannot find a job or relationship these all consequences of being a lone born twin but also when some uh, twin sister or brother dies in the womb the issue with food is triggered because you feel you have eaten too much And that's why the other person died. So also about this, I write. And I myself, I am a lone-born twin. So my mother, she told me once in my childhood that when she was pregnant of me, the doctor heard two hearts in her womb. And then my mother started knitting for two pairs of socks and uh, two pullovers. And later in the pregnancy, there was only uh, one heart. So in that moment when she told me, I thought I have eaten the other, my twin sister. So kind of guilt. So oh. this can also be a background of eating problem. Oh, yeah, that is such an interesting perspective. Yes, and it's very important also for you because it means that that child which is not born is also your brother or sister. So it's important for your life to include that child. In your family. Hmm. It's really revealing and kind of uh, really interesting um, to understand today. And I really appreciate your uh, sharing your story as well. So thank you so much. Do you have your, where do you have your books available for sale so that any listener who wants to buy can get it there? Uh, this book is not yet for sale because. If I'm going to uh, publish it in English, first I have to translate it from Dutch to English. Then a native person has to correct it in the right English language. And that person I, I know already who can do that. All right. Yeah. And then, and also I have to find a publisher. Yeah. But the only thing I can offer for people with uh, eating problems right now is an online course of eight weeks, which consists of just practical exercises to connect with the feelings and with the body and with understanding of the eating problem. And meditation is part of it. So every day you get a lesson and then you get feedback from me every week on your evaluation. And the other thing I can offer is family constellations online for people who are living outside my country to see in which way an entanglement of, with your family system is the cause of your eating problem or one of the causes of the eating problem. 
And then mostly one family constellation is sufficient for, for one, one or three years because it keeps unfolding. Are these free? Or? No, it's a, a constellation lasts one and a half hour and is 75 euro. Where can listeners connect with you? Yeah, they can go to my website, www.enjoyingmeditation.com. Yeah, and also I am posting every day something on Facebook, on uh, the page Joy in Meditation. And also I have a page Beyond Eating Problems. That's a special Facebook page where I post the things about uh, eating problems and what can help with eating problems. All right. So Facebook page Joy in Meditation and yeah. also Facebook page. And also the Facebook page Beyond Eating Problems. Beyond Eating Problems. All right. Thank you so much. Most yeah. welcome. All right. And it's been amazing having you on my podcast and hope to, yeah, we'll probably uh, have another episode where we're going to be talking about how the book is going and every other thing, really. Thank I you. would love to be your guest again because I like very much the way how you asking the questions and also how you want to speak about subjects Yeah. Which are often hidden in society. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, the eating issues, these are the issues that actually affect people. And you don't know. You just go yeah. about your normal activities and you think, okay, but there are so many people going through mental situations that they shouldn't really be hiding. So, mm. I mean, like I keep saying, There is nothing that is happening to anyone that has never happened to somebody else. Mm, wow, so, yes. Yeah, we just need yes. to be more open, more accepting. And mm, yes, thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a nice afternoon. Thank you too. And I wish the same to you. Thank you for listening. Please download and share with your friends and family and on social media platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, IAT Radio, Listening Note, Podchaser, Good Pods, Radio Public, Stitcher, Deezer, Pocket Cast, Himalaya, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please leave a review, comments, or feedback on our social media platforms on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and also on our website www.podbean forward slash midmusings.com. Thank you very much.